0: And the Oscar goes to.
1: Welcome to Blessed Picture, a podcast where we explore underrated
0: off the wall movies we think are totally blessed. I am your host, Shelby Mooring. And I'm your other host, Sky Payne. And welcome back to the last week of my birthday month movie musical extravaganza, RIP this mini series. It's been a good one, but also in some ways a bad one. <laughs> Shelby's very excited to not have to watch a musical for a hot minute. <laughs>
1: It's not so much that, it's more so the hell that we went through trying to record an episode over a
0: decom
1: that very I watched three of. Hey, so I you didn't have to informed. watch the full trilogy. I know, I didn't, and you didn't have to watch the artist, I understand, I did that to myself. The things we do um, yeah.
0: for our friendship.
1: You know, we all have our, our bugaboos, our things, it's fine, you know. Um, yeah. This week, though, we are talking about, unfortunately, the second Weinstein yeah. Company related the Wine production. The Weinstein Company has a
0: hold on movie musicals, truly. Uh,
1: but I I didn't write an intro for this one, but I'll say it was decent. I liked it. And the
0: movie's called Sing Street. And um, this week we're joined by someone whose dog has been on the podcast <laughs> before her and more times than her, McCall Morris. Uh, Welcome hello. to the pod.
2: I know my dog is number one friend of the podcast, and I am a late ad guest, and I don't take that personally at all.
0: <laughs> I knew, let me say, I knew the second that I put one of your cousins on the schedule before you, I said, I know she'll be mad at me. I'm infuriated. Just know it.
2: I was telling Shelby before you got on the Zoom, I was like, Sky only knows these people because of me, <laughs> and yet here I am late in the game disrespectful to our decade of friendship. I know, but I know. I'm so glad to be on First Sing Street because while Shelby didn't write an intro, I have an intro in my heart, which is that this movie is everything. This is a kind <laughs> of age film. This is a musical. This is a love story this is a period piece this is a anti-catholic church school (laughs) takedown. this is about ireland in the troubles is that what the troubles are i don't know what the troubles are i'm not gonna lie it's a piece of history i don't know but i think it's about that too like this movie has everything and i can't wait and i love this movie and i'm glad to be here
1: that was honestly perfect that was a perfect intro um and think of your guest spot as being um saving the best for last it's long so
2: awaited the fans have been waiting they've been asking. i mean they've been like when is mccall gonna be on the pod
0: yeah people
1: are constantly stopping me on the street right. i constantly. say as if i go
0: outside you know um <laughs> <laughs> um but unfortunately you won't be last there will be more of
2: your cousins on this podcast i'm sure of it <laughs> yeah yeah i i understand that uh and Gio will probably appear again before me next. So he's a dog. He can't even speak. And yet keeps getting these guest spots. So yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's just so cute. You can't, you know, you can't turn him down.
2: And he has takes on film. He yeah. does. He um, felt away way about I, burlesque.
0: Um, also, when I dog sat, I turned on Emma, the 2019 movie, literally two seconds in, Geo ran away <laughs> like ran upstairs he was like I cannot handle this movie and did not come back down until the movie was over he prefers the Gwyneth Paltrow version
2: <sighs> like, I never said
1: his taste was good just that he has an opinion he's like no no goop no what goop is this w- what am I a farmer you know like
0: Okay. Um, before we get too into um, Sing Street and all of these things, let's do blast movie of the week. Shelby, would you like to go first? I would.
1: So I temporarily paused my beef um, with Turner Classic Movies, um, mm-hmm. to part which I will get into briefly, to tar- partake in their their film festival that they had on their channel as well as on HBO Max, which I greatly appreciated. Um, To begin with, my beef with TCM is very brief. Um, It's not a long feud or anything like that. Um, And if anything, it's cold. It's very cold, it's one-sided. But when they tweeted about this big, you know, multi-part series that they were doing over women directors, they announced the director as well on Twitter and it was a man. And Truly, I was kind of like, hmm, you can't give a job to a woman for this. Okay. So I retweeted it was like a series about women filmmakers and a man's directing it. And they replied to me in a very sassy manner that I did not like or appreciate and felt kind of out of line with the brand. And basically were like, Yep, hope you'll still watch it. And I was like, with that attitude, no, I am not. So I didn't watch TCM for a while because of that, <laughs> out of pure spite. But I'm here to say. I enjoyed the film festival and I watched, I think four films in one day because I had nothing better to do. Um, And the, the one that I think was my favorite out of all the ones I watched was the taking of Pelham one, two, three, no, not the John Travolta, Denzel Washington version. (laughs) Um, No, specifically the Walter Matthau version, which is superior in every single way um, directed by Joseph Sargent from 1974. It is very good. It's surprisingly funny. Like it's it's very tense at times. But it's also very, very funny. Walter Matthau is, is being peak. Walter Matthau, kind of a grumpy old man, you know, like that vibe. But like, he's not like too grumpy yet, you know? Um, and it also has Hector Elizondo in it, who you all might remember from The Princess Diaries, icon legend. He still looks exactly the same in that movie. <laughs> as he does in Princess Iconic. Diaries. Uh, Wilson from Home Improvement also plays a baddie, which was wild to me. Um, as someone who regularly, um, accidentally watched home improvement reruns in the morning before school, um, in high school. And then also, um, Robert Shaw from jaws. He is also the main baddie. He's really fucking good in it. Um, Martin Balsam is also in there as a baddie, but it's, it's great. And has, I think one of the best ending shots of all time. I have to say, I won't say what it is. You just have to watch it in the moment. It's iconic. It's
0: incredible. Highly recommend it. Beautiful. Um, McCall, would you like to go next? What's your best movie of the week?
2: My last movie of the week is controversial because my dog hates this film. And it is oh. Emma 2019, <laughs> previously brought up on the episode already. Here's my feelings. I'm not a movie rewatcher. If we're gonna re-watch a movie, I'd rather take a nap. I've seen it before. You know, like <laughs> I just I'm not a movie rewatcher. Sing Street, a movie I rewatch a lot. Love it. One of the few that slips Another one though. Emma the new Emma release is soothing for me it's pastels it's Mm -hmm. Johnny Flynn being hot Mm -hmm. it's funny I love it do other people watch it and say McCall this is boring McCall we don't we don't get why this is your favorite movie of the year yeah all the time my dog included (laughs) nobody agrees with me (laughs) but I can't recommend it enough I think it's a blessed movie that should have won an Oscar for best picture a bold take. Really <laughs> You're bold. like fuck no madland. <laughs> fuck no landland. Land. Emma forever. Uh, <laughs> I rewatched no it again man. this week. And as I rewatched it, I said, yeah, still soothing. <laughs> I think I think s- we talk about like films that get snubbed at the Oscars, you know, like superhero movies never get their take, comedies never get their take. What about soothing movies? Calming movies. <laughs> Paddington. Movies that make me Paddington feel less robbed. stressed. Paddington. Paddington. Paddington got robbed. Emma got robbed. Six Mama Street Mia robbed. Mama, Mama Mia. Mia. very soothing films there should be a category just for that at the golden globes but that's another topic that's my blessed movie emma exactly i love that for you
0: um so my blessed movie i watched this movie today and it's been previously discussed on this podcast in terms of shelby guessed it for um what the plot one time i watched sullivan's travels and you know what That just slapped. i (laughs) saw it on your letterboxd activity and i went oh boy (laughs) I had a great time watching it. Veronica Lake is fucking iconic. Honestly, I was like, okay, I get it. I really get it. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, we've talked about it before, but yeah, I had a good time watching it. I was like, I vibe with this hard. And I started watching another Preston Sturgis movie because all of his like things are leaving Criterion at the end of the month. So I was like, well, better get him in. So here I am. Um, did the
1: one bit at the end play as bad as it did on paper or is it slightly yeah. better?
0: Okay. It's slightly better. I would say like, like 15% better. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. But so it still plays like a bit from the Tyra show. Yes. Okay. Good to
1: know. I just wanted to be sure. Cause I was like, we, I was pretty like huh about that at the time. Yeah. So, but I had a, it was a good movie. I, I was surprised. Well, there you go. Maybe I'll have to watch it at some point some point in the future although i still think my movie is better personal opinion here we are (laughs) whatever i guessed i can't even remember the plot i think it was just some people traveling somewhere there was
2: treasure i assume sounds like a contender for 2022 soothing movie oscar
1: (laughs) there you go make
2: it happen
0: (laughs) so true so yeah so we're talking about sing street today a movie that i had not seen Soothing movie which is so surprising to me because I feel like this had like a hold on like it people did. like us's throats. It <laughs> did, 100%. It was, I
1: you know, I think it was a combination of things as to like why I didn't see it. I think when I was in college at the time, because this was Moonlight La La Land year. Yes. Um, so I have a very distinct memory of like the things that I saw and the things I didn't see. I don't remember Sing Street being in theaters near me, but it could have been, I could have just ignored it or something. I don't even, like, and I don't think I had any interest in it until I started hearing other people talk about it. And it was kind of too late at that point. And then it just got to be like the thing of like, Oh yeah, I'll get around to that someday kind of a thing. Like it wasn't top of the yes. list urgent. Um, um, but You know, like, and I just think like the idea of the movie, like, oh, like these boys form a band and then like there's bonding that's happening. There's some other stuff in there too. I think on the surface, it wasn't like something that like appealed to me immediately versus stuff I'm usually drawn to. I think that's what it was.
0: That makes sense. I saw this movie in theaters and I was like, you know what? I love it. It's so comforting to me. I was like, this is like exactly what I needed at this time in my life. Like I was like, healing from a bad place (laughs) and it was just like you know um this I went and saw this in theaters in Michigan and I was like I love this movie and I really almost went and saw the musical but uh then COVID happened so yeah
1: that's the second movie that we've talked about that had a musical in development and like got shut down by COVID the first one was Monsoon
0: Wedding right yes and this one had like a new york theater workshop moment so it like premiered in like late 2019 ended early 2020 they were supposed to transfer to broadway um and it never did which is really sad and it's like will know, it we'll will it come it.
2: back will it
1: make it like it, i need yes to see
0: it. I they think did so. say
1: it's coming back i did write down the musical now plans to come. open between the winters of 2021 and 2022
0: Yeah, I think it'll come back they I mean they made a cast album like they released the cast album which is crazy so I think it'll come back for sure um it had like mixed reviews as like the workshop but like Mm -hmm. it was a workshop so like who knows it's the same production team as once and once is incredible so I have faith in it um also a little kid from game of thrones is the lead which I think is very funny
2: (laughs) perfect when it opens I'm there (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so same. my Sing Street experience is I didn't see it in theaters because I don't think it came to my theaters like I don't think it had a wide it. enough release and I so it
0: came to your theaters. <laughs> I
2: saw it on streaming later I don't know why I watched it I went in blind I went in not knowing anything and I said this is my favorite film of all time and I made everyone <laughs> I know watch it um but let me add a couple more categories that I just thought of that I should have announced on its intro this is also kind of a found family movie Big, yeah. Yeah. big sky paint energy but this is yeah. also a brothers movie. Yes. If anything's gonna make me cry it's a pair of brothers. <laughs> showing love to each other. I can't. I can't. Anyway it has everything. Yeah it's true. It really
0: it really has it all and it's just like it's just very charming. Like it's just like a nice little like I just like spending time with this movie. It doesn't make you like think hard you're just vibing with it and sometimes you just gotta like vibe with some very good music and the music slaps it's It's very good it's good and
1: finding out that he had also done once um yeah
0: which has like
1: one of the greatest i think songs from a movie yeah
0: totally
1: like falling slowly is amazing um and then also did begin again which i didn't watch all of begin again i started it but but
2: then i didn't finish um i
1: didn't
2: watch it yeah, thumbs I, yeah, down for that. I, I watched it after this, and I was like, no. The
1: problem with that movie is that it's Mark Ruffalo trying to play an asshole, and he's not very good at it. And it's like, I just don't believe him as an at like that kind of asshole. So I'm just like, this doesn't work. Like in the cut, I believe that. Let me tell you, <laughs> that was great. But begin again, no, it just it, it no, it's I couldn't do it. Um, but um, that's also how I found out. Um, because I didn't realize that he had also directed those, I just like went in and was like looking at stuff. And then it was like, I, I remember listening to the song at the end, like maybe during the credits. And I was like, is that Adam Levine's voice? What is yeah, that? And then I was wild. like, wait, why are they connected? And I was like, oh, he directed Begin Again and Adam Levine was in Begin
0: Again. I didn't that's know like, that Adam Levine was in that movie, but that makes more sense. Yeah, He, like, like
1: he I think, plays Keira Knightley's asshole musician boyfriend or something. Or... Yes, that's Did my
2: memory. Again? Of it. My other memory is that that movie asks a little too much of Kira Knightley. Yeah, it has a little too much for her to do, and she can't quite do it. And I respect her immensely for what she can do, but yep. that movie could have been good. And it unfortunately is not nearly as good as Sing Street or yeah. Once. Or once, yeah. Which yeah, is like which a very are, emotional movie.
0: Yes. Love Once, Love Sing Street. I just like I love all the kids in this movie. Like also, okay. They're here's, all great. Here's here's my thing. I also really love Little Finger. I love him so little much. Finger. Yep.
2: Yeah he's good he's complicated great. dad good complicated dad figure. Oh, yeah he,
0: and he's really hot to me i'm so sorry <laughs> no he is hot no fully oh, like man. it has to be said
1: <laughs> you're amongst
0: friends bad. here okay also jack rayner jack rayner which yes. is
1: so important because i think obviously since i didn't see this until after midsummer i was like i'm so thankful i have something else to associate with him other than like pure blinding white hot rage um from watching midsummer <laughs> like now I'm like oh no he was like the sweet brother with the long hair who was like mansplaining music like really hot like oh great love that
2: yeah. you know and here's my take I think he gives the best performance in the movie yes. like, yeah like he carries A so 3%. much emotional weight in this film and I yeah. he kills it but, like every He's character so good every character is like a little too complicated for the amount of time that they're given and I love that yeah like every character is like slipping off like a one line about like their past trauma that's like heartbreaking but everyone just like moves right past it and I love that (laughs) I love these I love these weirdo little characters that are not given enough time but my favorite (laughs) favorite character is Iman the, the, the the one with the bunnies I need a yes. whole movie about him and his bunnies and his abusive <laughs> his dad bunnies. and his weird mom with the vibrator yes. situation. Yes. I need,
1: I need all of it. <laughs> so, oh my God. The bunnies. I like, and I was fully expecting the bunnies to be a thing, but no, they're just there. And I love no, that. No, they're just, yeah.
0: they're fully and just there. And all
1: I could think about was one, they were like movie star quality bunnies. They're all very beautiful bunnies, which I appreciate. And all I could think about was Phoebe Waller Bridge gave an interview on Seth Myers where he was like talking about the guinea pig and flea bag. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, we had to like, quote, audition, you know, like guinea pigs. Like we had to look at headshots, you know? And she like, was like, oh yeah. Like all of these beautiful guinea pigs. It's like so hard to pick guinea pigs when you have all these headshots in front of you. And they're all so beautiful. Like, just like, you've never seen a more glamorous rodent in your entire life. And that's all I could think about looking at these bunnies. (laughs) It's just like, I can't imagine the casting process. (laughs) (laughs) Like here is, here is Rona, she- she's two years old and she loves carrots
0: yeah I I love that like this movie just like gives us like little slices of lives of like all these kids and it's just like they're just in a band they're just vibing they just want to go sail and they're like good
2: friends like yes, every yes. member of this band is a good friend, and I love good friends. Like my favorite mm. is when, like, the main character kid like goes and knocks on Bunny Kid's door, and it's just like multiple times in the movie, it's like reoccurring that he knocks on the door. is like, hey, you want to write a song? And his friend is always yeah. like, yes, yes, always, yes, always, yes. just like so supportive, and it like chucks me up. I love it. I love supportive friends. Do he's <laughs> gonna cry on this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I love this movie. I love this film. Um, but someone I don't love. Oh no! In this film, oh no! What are you going to say? Uh, Lucy Boyton, or however. Okay, I have she's to good get, in this ha- film, but I don't generally yes. don't
1: love her. Okay, I have to get on my soapbox here because mm-hmm. this is a thing I have with her. She to me is the Sienna Miller of her generation, and that mm-hmm. I cannot remember oh, what she looks like. This so true, and there is there is a line in this movie about her having this unforgettable face or whatever, and I literally went how.
0: How, how do you remember her face? I couldn't, how? I couldn't pick her out of a line. This is though. the most
1: memorable she has ever been to me in my entire life. I watched Bohemian Rhapsody against my will. And I do not, and mm. like, and I know she's dating Rami Malek. Like I've seen her on red carpets, blah, 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 blah. Could not remember what she looks like. It's like, she just has a very generic, very pretty face. And that's kind of it. And like her acting, I don't really know other than this movie and Bohemian Rhapsody. I've forced out of my brain, thankfully. Um, so I can't really say like, if she was I doing the anything. the only other thing I've there. seen her
0: in is murder on the orient <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> I didn't even know she Which was Which I that. also have blacked out of my brain. So. And
1: people often, you know, really hail her as this like big fashion icon, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, is she, I think she's just pretty and white and skinny and has a good stylist and that's kind of it you know what I mean it's like that's easy to get away with you know when you're rich and you have money and you're pretty and I'm listen she could be a very sweet girl for all I know I don't really Mm -hmm. know her obviously but like I just the obsession with her I find very strange I just don't get it
2: I don't connect with it you know like similar with she does have she does have an interesting profile and I feel like this movie really plays to her. Like they did they did yes. the most they could with her, which it was good, I think. <laughs> and she,
1: I will say, she looks surprisingly young. Like she she was like yeah. 25 or something when they shot this movie. She's Insane. much older than the actual kids that she's playing against, but she does kind of look like she could be their age, which I found very wild. Um, and like, she looks good in the 80s styling. Like, I think it's very fun. Like mm-hmm. she, she looks era appropriate. Like her face is very suited to that era. Like it all makes sense. Um, it's just hard for me to connect with her,
2: you know. Okay, yes. but the age ne- appropriateness of all the other characters is like, yes. everyone looks Perfect. like they are the right age. And the other thing that to me that I don't know if this is in my head because I think this movie is magic, or if they actually did something to make this happen. These kids look two years younger at the beginning of this movie. Like, as no, the movie like goes you're on, fully right. They look older. <laughs> yeah, they look they older too. as the movie goes on.
0: They do. Well, I don't know how they shot it. I
2: don't know how they did it, it, but the kids age. They I think age it's the, like,
0: levels. The I think they, like, did something with the camera angles. And I think maybe like, the costuming. Yeah, because yeah. as they,
1: like, as they grow and they they change and they develop, you know, like, as characters and as a band, it's like they start wearing more flashy outfits and stuff. And that can definitely age. I mean, 80s styling to begin yeah. with made everybody look like they were 45 years old. <laughs> but especially <laughs> those two last kids that joined the band, they look like, 12 year olds, like fully they are look like they're 12. They're great. I love, I love when the one kid says Depeche mode when he's reading the flyer. I appreciated that. That was great. It's just, they look like little babies. Like they're little, ba- like, I'm like, don't you have to, don't you have to get to bed soon?
2: Yeah. Like, is this past your bedtime or what? The, the other similar magic trick that this movie pulls off that like maybe- the only other movie that like even attempts it, and in my take doesn't attempt it as well, is oh my gosh, I'm just blanking on the Lady Gaga, a Bradley Cooper movie, <laughs> a *Stars, Stars, Born. Stars. Born. Stars. Ooh, Mental illness. Uh, *A star <laughs> attempts this, but not as well as *Sing Street*. Ha ha hot, hot, hot take. Um, <laughs> is I can't wait to hear what this is. <laughs> is the songs in their career progressing and not being being bad? Writing a bad song. So that way it shows that their songs are getting better over time mm-hmm. but having that bad song still slap mm-hmm. like that first but, like riddle of the model song yeah it's, it's supposed it's to be that are, that being bad the and figured out. but also do I listen to it on the soundtrack yeah I like it I like it and yeah. like every song progresses and like like the singing gets better every song the playing gets better every song and it's like so purposefully done or it's a magic mm-hmm. trick but either way I love it very much
0: yeah. And I same, I
1: same with the true. the music videos too. There's like, mm-hmm. yeah. they're getting better. It's it's they're learning more, especially because like in the beginning of the movie, the idea is that like, he really doesn't know much about music. So it's sort of like, he just knows what his brother said. He doesn't have any clues. so that it's like, as he gets more into writing music and, and, and really like getting into yeah. bands and He's stuff, like he starts learning. to learn and open his mind and really get into the fantasy of it all, which, you know, um, really helps to elevate the art they're making you know yeah. and i think that's really interesting um and this movie as a whole i i really like what it's sort of you know um dealing with when it comes to like you know the idea of like finding your passion you know chasing your dreams yeah. things like that the idea of like you know he's using music as an escape initially it starts off as a bit you know to ask a girl out right but i know then, the take on me
0: a little bit <laughs> I love which which when he started singing I went is this a joke (laughs) I was like I literally I know it's like oh no baby what are you then he sounds so much better later but it was like in that moment I I was like oh no (laughs) it's perfect yeah but
1: but it's like you know it's it's a bit to ask a girl out and then it's like by the end he has like these friends that are like his family he loves the band so much it means the world to him it's not just about like impressing her anymore it's about you know you know, something he genuinely is good at and passionate about, which I appreciate. Yeah, It
0: becomes like something more than just like, oh, I need to impress this girl. It like actually becomes like a part of his life. Yeah. And And
1: it's escapism as well from like the, the horrible stuff that's going on in his life. So it's like, and in general, a lot of their lives, because all of them are dealing with, you know, parents maybe who are alcoholics or parents are fighting or, you know, all of these things. Um, and it's like for him, he's also getting bullied at school. So it's like a thing of like, okay, I am using this as a means to escape a little bit, you know, get out of that, you know, place that I'm in, in real life, you know, I'm I'm going into a different space in my head here to create this music. And, and not only that, I, when I first watched it, um, when I got to the ending, I was like, I don't like this ending. I think this is kind of like, this is really strange. I don't understand why these two characters are running away together. I don't understand why Rafina and um, Connor are running away, like on a whim, they're like 15 or something. This is strange. And it wasn't until I read a quote from John Carney that I was like, oh, it all makes sense to me now. I think that context, which I'll read it in a second, like helped me to better understand what he was going for, because I think it to some people, I could definitely see people, You know, or I could definitely see it being like oh, this is like random. Why are we ending the movie like this? They've just had a successful gig and they're running away. Like, what is this? But he said- well I don't see it just as a happy romantic ending I think that's the tone of the piece but I think it's more like they're setting off together that's true but I wouldn't say that some huge relationship that's going to last forever Their kids I sort of hope the scene at the end would look a little like a fantasy sequence you're supposed to wonder where the reality ends and the pop video begins but people are actually taking it very seriously and people are presuming it's fully real which is interesting that wasn't the attention and that made me like yeah. it a lot more because <laughs> I know it was like, like huh
0: <laughs> it's kind of brilliant and like I, he also, like, talks about, like, how, like, the end song is, like, different from, like, the rest of the movie. Yes. Because it's, like, moving forward from, like, the 80s to the 90s, like, future. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, it's, it, like, plays into that fantasy. And I just, like, really like that.
2: Well, yeah. and I also think it's, like, really, the ending's really about the older brother, right? And, like, yeah. his yeah. speech where he talks about how, like, he was a rocket ship at one point, mm-hmm. And, like, he blazed a trail for his brother uh, but he um when the brother gives up you know those speeches that are like so moving and impactful uh it's talking about how like he blazes trail for his little brother and then like at the end when they're in the boat and they're following the wake of the big boat and you're just like it's like it's mostly about that brother like helping his brother yeah. you know like yeah. i just I, to me it's like the ending is more of like almost the brother's song uh, like i didn't show. even think about the big boat and the little yeah. i didn't think about that like i, j- I just yeah, thought of it in
1: Yeah. I just escaping the waves. That's really good. I just literally was like, oh, a big boat. And then (laughs) a little boat. (laughs) My brain, to be fair, I have been working more than I have in the last few months right now. So my brain is fully melting out of my ears at any point and, or at every point. And also I had to do my taxes yesterday. So I really just like intellectually, my brain is fried, you know, I can't do it, but that's a really good point. In general, I really like that relationship because of that. Because I like that there was a little bit of a complexity of like him being kind of resentful and angry. That it's like I, you know, I went through all this. You know, it, that's a very big sibling thing, yeah. right? You know, but spe- like I can relate, right? Um, yeah. You know, you're the guinea pig. I, yeah. Only can- problems.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Which, like, I don't know. I like watching movies about sibling relationships because I feel like it gives me like a little insight on like what people feel because <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I kind of
1: get, you know, this is why I kept asking that question about like, how do, how do you do Christmas? Because I always like to see how other people like do traditions like that. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity. I, it's also the same. My reason Christmas why is I like- I
0: go to McGill's family's
1: house and dress up according <laughs> to theme. Which is iconic to me personally. I love, um, what was it? Jellicles on Exile? Yeah.
0: Diddy was not even
2: there for that one. I wasn't there for that one. Sky went to my family Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: so great. Um, it's also the same reason why I like, I'm very nosy about what other people like the inside of other people's houses look like. Like, I'm very curious about that. So, um, but anyway, you know, like, and it's like the thing of you know, I was the guinea pig, blah, blah, blah. I went through all this, but he's also, you know, it's coming from a place of love, a place of support. And he's genuinely very, very supportive of him, which I really appreciate. I mean, it could be easy for a guy like him who's very into music and, you know, to be very mansplaining and be very like an yeah. asshole and like, you know, like pretentious and not really, he's not, and and I really appreciate that. And it reminded me a little bit of Onward in that respect, like it's that kind yeah. of a relationship, which yes. I really love you know, even though it's Chris Pratt and um, Tom Holland in that movie. (laughs) I I really enjoyed how the two of those characters interacted and and I like how it's echoed here as well, even though this movie obviously came out first.
2: Yeah, but also like the relationship, like he kind of is an asshole sometimes. Like he is a pretentious asshole. He does like call his concert like a stupid little concert at one point. Like he he is an asshole brother sometimes, but like that's why I like it. It's like all the relationships are kind of complicated. Like the other one that I think of, it's like, it doesn't need to be as nuanced that is as, as it is and i love that it is is the brother and the mom and dad yeah um like when he's watching the mom there's like a moment where he's the two brothers are watching their mom like sit in the sun on the steps and the older brother explains she sits here every day she gets like five minutes of sun before the sun sinks behind this tree after work and she wishes she could go to spain and our dad never takes her to spain mm-hmm. and you know you can tell he's like really sympathizing with the mom character and then like two scenes later when the mom says that she's leaving the dad and is moving in with Tony, her coworker <laughs> that she's having an affair with, yeah. the son who two scenes ago was super sympathetic to the mom and was like, yeah, sh- she should leave him. is like, I will never go with Tony. I'm staying with my dad. Yeah, Right. It's like these, these very complicated relationships that are like counter, I don't know, you know, like yeah. where, where it would make sense if they were building like, oh, this brother's going to be on the mom's side and this brother's gonna be on the dad's side, but it's not that it's. That, like, the relationship is bigger and messier than we're ever shown.
0: Yeah, and I feel yeah. like, I love that. so this was a 2016 Sundance premiere, and, like, it's, like, stuff like that that makes me feel like it's so Sundancey. Like, these are the type yes. of movies that, like, Sundance eats up, and I don't mean that in any sort of derogatory term. I love Sundance. No, I love like, Sundance it, movies. It has a brand. Yeah. Yes, it has a brand, and the brand is, like, feel good calm, like heartwarming family dramas like a lot of the time and I feel like it's a little twee you know yes and it just like this fits like so well and I like wish that it was like seen more like it's I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of the Sundance movies that we've covered I'm just like I wish that it found its footing just like a little more you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I get you um and also just like in general
1: it's it's interesting because this movie got no awards
0: play. Like, really? But it was nominated It's so shocking for... that La La Land got two freaking songs that year. And this got paid that And those
1: songs, nothing to write home
2: about. No.
0: Again,
1: and like, They should have gotten
2: Oscar nom for song.
0: Yeah.
1: If, if listen, if we're going to nominate a, a song from La La Land, it's the John Legend one, Let's All Be mm-hmm. Fucking Real. That one's actually very good. And I was I'm so pissed about that to this day, that yeah. they pushed City of Stars, which is like has three words in it and has no singing it's just like literally if someone did it on american idol and then got booted that episode that is how not good it is <laughs> like i'm just saying I don't
0: okay i'm like it. there's so many good songs in this movie yes and drive it like yeah, you that's stole what's gonna it. ask should which been. one would
2: you nominate like, on drive it like you saw you had if you had to have
1: one get the oscar not what would you pick? i would do that one for sure yeah. Drive it like you stole it. I think that is the standout for sure. The other ones I liked, but that was the one that I remember the most from the entire
0: soundtrack. And, and I feel it like will have the best awards play.
1: Yes. It helps that it comes in a scene that's like very visually interesting. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it has like a really interesting and unique sort of melody and style, despite being an homage to the era that it's, you know, to that this movie takes place Which,
0: in like does all most of the songs do that like very masterfully like you can tell yeah, yes. like what they're based on but it's still like very individualized.
1: Yes. Um, and like you know they have um, actual professionals on this soundtrack just like the different shows see. So you know we have um, Danny Wilson frontman Gary Clark he worked on some of the songs um, with John Carney as well as Ken and Carl Papenfuss my apologies, uh, of the band Relish. Um, originally they were going to have Bono and the edge do the yeah. music, which would be very Irish. <laughs> um, but it's also very
0: Spider-Man turn off the dark.
1: I was going to say Spider-Man turn off the dark.
0: <laughs> a freak like me needs company.
1: Oh my God. I can't. Every time mm. that video comes up on my Twitter feed, I have to watch it 10 times over. I, I, I it's a my brain cannot, my, my brain can't understand what's happening. Um, <laughs> And then Adam Levine co-wrote um, along with Carney and Glenn Hansard, who obviously was, Once. you know, who starred in Once, wrote the songs, um, on the track Go Now, um, which is at the end of the movie. Which, like, I know besides Drive Like You him. Stole
0: It, I think I was also surprised that that one didn't get awards play because, like, Adam Levine yeah. is, like, pretty popular. Like, it just, like, is so weird to me that they didn't, they were paid dust.
1: Yeah. It was nominated against... um gold uh sorry yeah it was nominated at the golden globes against la la land florence foster jenkins 20th century woman and deadpool la la land obviously won um i would have preferred 20th century woman same or, or this, this honestly yeah. like either um, one of those two movies are fantastic films once again mm-hmm. i ask who watched florence foster jenkins it's <laughs> the second time i have to ask this question on this podcast you watched not that me. movie not me baby <laughs> absolutely
0: not me <laughs> could could never be me
1: never no absolutely not um and in general i appreciate how irish this movie is um and like Mm, you said it takes place at a point of turmoil in irish history this is the same year that the anglo-irish agreement is signed so 1985 this is a treaty between the united kingdom and the republic of ireland which aimed to help bring an end to the troubles in northern ireland like that was like the whole thing um and not only that, you're dealing with, you know, the strain of Catholicism and yeah. re- and religion in general and alcoholism and all of these things. And and as well as economic troubles um, that all tie into the reason why things are so difficult for these characters. Yeah. Not to mention it's the 80s and shit's just hard in general.
0: Right. And it doesn't like... Put it, it doesn't like shove it down your throat. Like it, you just like fall very easily into the world of this. Yes. Like time, like it's, it makes sense. You don't feel like it's like a PSA in any way. Like it feels very honest
2: and it's not like a history lesson at any point, like it's never talking about what's going on, but it's just like these little details that let you know, like, like the fact mm-hmm. that when they're in their house, they're always like wearing a ton of layers and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they don't have money for heating. Yeah. It's yes. like those little tiny things that like continually remind you of like, okay, what is the situation of all these people? Um, And I love it. Yeah. So yeah it's, it's, it uh it's, I feel like it, I don't know if it's, autobiographical I think it's been like speculated upon he said it was semi-autobiographical yeah. that was
1: the thing like in the character of um oh my god what's his name the huh. the bunny kid oh Eamon mm-hmm. Eamon like he John Carney said that like that kid was based off of somebody that he knew for example um like the bunny thing I think in particular people thought it was a it was an homage to the commitments um but it's not. He was just like, just no, I just,
2: <laughs> I just knew a kid that had a lot of bunnies, basically. But, but like every choice feels so specific like that, that mm-hmm. I, I feel like it is more autobiographical than he's probably even admitting yes. to because every character feels specific and every mm-hmm. setting feels specific. And I don't know. It's just very sweet. And also we haven't talked about the kid who's the like producer, manager, <laughs> cinematographer it's, of the group. Yes. Love that he kid. He has the thickest a- accent. The best accent. He, I love him so much. Nobody is more of like a yes and character. (laughs) I just.
0: uh, He is down for anything. He is there for his friends. And I just really appreciate
2: it. He's scrappy. He's a scrappy fighter of a kid who claims he's in the band, even though he's just the producer. But he is in the band. He's very important. He's
0: integral.
1: I mean, he's the reason why things start coming together. You know, he's very important to the story. He must be a (laughs) burger. (laughs) That's (laughs) true. I just, yeah, I love a kid. As soon as he showed up, I was like, this kid has the greatest accent. I love it so much. I could listen to it forever. I was you like, know. wow. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's truly very good. Um, also in general, I do want to say related to the music, I loved the actual soundtrack. So, like the 80s songs they play.
2: Yeah.
1: Rio, a fucking bop and a half. Um, nothing's gonna stop us now plays for a minute, you know. In banger. Yeah. One of my favorite songs. Um who we have diane warren to thank god damn it (laughs) after all of our slander we do have to thank her for that i just have to say she should she should have won the oscar then and then we wouldn't have to (laughs) still be dealing with this
0: mess so true (laughs) a great man eater yeah i was gonna say man eater it's there's so many good bops like it's (sighs) It really, this is this soundtrack is what I wanted Wonder Woman 1984 to have. Yes. You know, that, oh my God, that is the like
1: we haven't really talked about the movie, but we've kind of talked about the movie, but that I think out of all of its problems is the soundtrack is nothing. Like there's there's one song that plays when they are in the, yeah. like in that, um what was it? Like it was like a charity gala thing or something yeah. where Kristen Wiig's wearing like the cheetah print to let you know that later she turns into the cheetah, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. Like there's, and, and like the song was kind of like, also kind of like that. Like it was like clearly alluding to like, something um but other than that there was no 80s music it was just a lot of score and no needle drops my other thing is like i Tawny is another really interesting example of a period film that doesn't really utilize the the era yeah. like like it's you utilizing songs from before you know so like the 70s and the yes, 60s and, and, like and 90s. the 80s yeah. rather than 90s which is like you have a treasure trove of music that is Era appropriate, not saying because those songs wouldn't be anachronistic, but it's just sort of like, why don't you just revel in it? You know, I'm not saying you got to pull a Bobby Z and do five needle drops in five seconds to let people know you're in fucking Vietnam and Forrest Gump, but like, it would be nice if you really just played in the sandbox a little, had a little bit of fun, played around with some stuff. You know, like,
0: come like, on, I John, like, he's so good, like John Curry is so good at it that it just like it feels so right and it nothing feels like like with bobby z so many of those needle drops are just like god <laughs> a fuck another one are we really here but every one of these feels like it like fits in so perfectly with the movie that like i'm just yeah. like they're having a good time
2: yeah they're so smooth and like they tie into everything they tie into like the music education the kids going through yes. it ties into like what the movie what's happening in the actual movie it ties into like the emotional moment like it just is like so smooth on so many thoughtful levels and yeah it really makes me wish um other movies had better music yeah taste. and it I'm helps like, that he's clearly like
1: music is his lane yeah what he every really single one of, of his movies is
0: like about like has music involved at like the very core of it i mean i haven't seen begin again but like it's about music right? It does. no that is that is, is all about music yeah
2: so like, it's so like, like, they should hire him to be a music director on some of these other movies. Yeah, like honestly. I wanted to direct things, but he should also be like, they should be calling him for every blockbuster just- being like, what I should we play advice. here? Cause he has the taste. He has the taste. Honestly, him and Babyface, time to team up, you know what I mean? <laughs> just like a
1: chosen, the gets, let's do it. Like, like because it it, because using music in in your movie is just as much you know timing as it is like music choice Mm -hmm. itself for sure um and like here like you said it really ties into the story which is so great and i love also like them changing outfits and like changing style with each successive like artist that they're covering so like the cure which is so funny when he's dressed like robert (laughs) smith just pure absurdity like when he's um dressed like he's a member of Duran Duran like with like the highlights and like the eyeliner all of that and then it just keeps progressing and and I really love it um it, it it fits into the idea of, like, escapism, but also finding your passion. But it's also about him, like, gaining confidence, yeah. you know, in himself. Because at the beginning, it's, like, he's at this new school. He doesn't know anybody. Everybody bullies him. It's, you know, really miserable experience. But then it's, like, when he's found his music, it's, like, and he started writing music and he started playing in his band. He he really starts to come out of his shell yeah, and to become, like, like, the person he's meant to be. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's really great. And he, he has the confidence to, like, you hit, like, the normal team to, like, stand up to the bully but I also love the moment where he gets the confidence to turn down the girl. Mm-hmm. Like that moment where they're sitting in the garden and she's been rejected by the boyfriend she chose over him. And then, you know, she got burned in a traumatic way. Again, another throw, along, throw away trauma line. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Yeah, but then like when she's rude to him, he stands up and leaves. And I'm like, that's a confidence line you don't see in a teen movie that often where it's like, he's not only confident to stand up to his boys, but he's confident to stand up to the girl he likes when she's not treating him well. I love it. Yes. Um, Even though that whole thing was very like, this all feels like a very
1: 15-year-old reaction to everything oh for ever. sure. It that's feels funny. um
0: it reminds me, it has like big like Olivia Rodrigo acting like like her breakup with like Joshua is like end of the world. Like I get it. Like when you're a teen, <laughs> that's what everything feels like. It's very it's, like, big catastrophic. Team. Yeah.
2: And I love it. Yeah. There's also something about like that whole like. You know, his style changes and his confidence growing, all that. There, that There's also a piece of that that's like so relatable of like learning how to be cool. Yeah. yeah. Like at some point between like 14 and 15, I feel like every kid is like, you know, like you're just not cool. And then you have to go through like a really painful growing process where you're like, crap, I have to discover music taste and I have to have a style now and I have to have opinions about things. And like at the beginning of the movie, he has none of that. And at the end, like, he's cool. You yeah. know that he's a cool kid now. And at the beginning, you were like, this dweeb gets bullied and yeah. it's, that's correct. And then at the end, you're like, no, this is a person who's cool. And I don't know. I just feel like it's so relatable for like a coming of age story to be like so specific about like developing your case and learning to be cool. Yeah. And and the casting of Ferdia welsh
1: Pilo is really interesting because- Looking at him when, you know, for the first time, I'd never seen him in anything before. Yeah. I was like, he's kind of like a short cousin Greg. Like that's <sighs> kind of the vibe I'm getting <laughs> straight wow. off the bat.
0: Wow, 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 right? wow. Yeah. Like, okay.
1: It's there's this awkwardness. And that's the thing is you need someone who can play that awkwardness and not come across cool immediately, because then it's mm-hmm. like, oh boy, like the story's not gonna work. Like you need someone who's approachable, someone who's awkward, someone who, you know, can then also portray the sort of, you know, ascent into coolness, right? It's like, he needs to be able to do both. And he does that journey really, really well. Um, And he also just has to have good stage energy and good performing energy because like you can hire somebody who's good at the acting part, but if they're not good on stage, you know, it's, it's, it's not believable. It doesn't work. Right. You need somebody who can do that. And he's good at playing a front man and from going from, you know, unconfident and not really knowing what he's doing, just kind of winging it to like, yeah, I'm a front man now. Like this is my band. I'm confident enough that I'm going to go pursue my dream at the end of this movie. Like, yeah, it's great. He sells every single second of it. Um, And I also kind of, you know, even with my things against Lucy Boynton, I think I like their sort of back and forth, their will they or won't they kind of energy because, you know, you, I guess someone could argue it's because they don't actually have chemistry. That's why it's kind of awkward, but I'm like, no, I think it's just Mm -mm. like the thing of like, they're playing awkward teens. Like it really is believable that they're two awkward teenagers that like kind of want each other but kind of don't but don't really know and they're like kind of nervous and like it, it's just all new to them and I, I like particularly before she like quote leaves you know for London where they're like sitting in the grass and they kiss and then she's oh, like hold on a real. second I'm like eating something right now you can't kiss me again and then like they kiss again and it's still kind of awkward like I love that scene because it just felt very real
2: yeah Whoever did the costuming for her also did a great job, like showing like what stage she's in. Because sometimes she's being like confident, badass girl who's also you know the same way that he's lying about being in a band, she's lying about being a model. Yeah, and like you can see like her like fake confidence reflected in these outfits, and then you can see where that drops, and suddenly she looks so young and so afraid and so you know unsure of herself, and like the costuming and the hair and makeup and all of that just reflects that so beautifully. Mm -hmm. Like whoever that team was they really did a good job did great with Lucy Boynton's whole thing like yeah, I, that yeah. pulled a lot of the work um yeah I loved
1: it and in general the costume work on this is really great like it, it's, it's not so good it's not cheesy 80s it's like actually no this is like the real 80s kind yes. of a vibe which I really appreciate and like the way that they're able to do the different eras or the different sort of like this is who I'm standing today yeah looks, and you know? even and in like me.
0: the music videos so like great. the back to the future music video all oh yeah. very good speaking of Bobby Z I guess
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly also when she came
0: in that scene I went who is that and I was like I oh know. no it's her <laughs> I did the same I like thing. As like, first I, saw it. I was like, did they hire a different girl? And I was like, Oh, it's okay, it's her.
2: Oh, yeah. Or the like- scene where she comes back. So so just plot wise. Yeah. So when everyone keeps up. She has a she has an older boyfriend who's obviously in trouble and he's promised he's gonna take yeah. her to London. She goes with him, he doesn't take her to London, he takes advantage of her, and then she returns and she's embarrassed about him. He's kind of hiding. And when he sees her like walking on the street after that, I had the same moment where I was like, Who is that supposed to be? And I was like, "Oh, it's her." Just different hair and makeup. Like we're back, but it does take me a second. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and in my case, it's just a case of face blindness rather than like, "Oh, like, oh, the trappings of of this girl," you know, like are completely erased.
2: I think think that would have played better if she doesn't force face blindness because, like, I had the same (laughs) face blindness. Like she, she does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I it
1: it doesn't help. I I already can't recognize her as is, and so then you completely take away everything that I've been using as like identifiable markers and that it's like who who is this lady who am I looking at I don't understand
0: (laughs) I know it really really does um do we have anything else we'd like to say about it generally or should we move into the plot
1: um I don't know why I kind of sang that um just feeling musical yeah also Another casting choice that was interesting and I don't know why I say interesting because I, I don't, I just think he's a good actor um, is the actor who plays Brother Baxter. Like full asshole, mm. terrible person. Like making I, oh, to
2: school without shoes. Terrible. But like that bathroom scene where he oh washes the makeup off his face and like is like drowning him and you're like not sure if it's going to be a sexual assault or not. Like yes. that scene has... Like I am always on the edge and yeah. like, so upset in that scene.
1: I literally was like, "Where is this going?" It was really horrifying to me. I didn't realize that this movie that everybody's like, "Oh, it's like feel good." I didn't realize there was like this darkness lurking yeah underneath. There's always <laughs> so got to clearly... be like a little
0: dark point in a movie. Not... Yeah,
1: it was it was really upsetting, but he plays that really well. He's very threatening, very amazing. terrifying. But then at the end, you know, he becomes so powerless because everybody else turns against him, and it's like. When he's playing the song at the end, it's like this big triumph, this big victory. And I really appreciated that. But he's mm-hmm. he's freaking terrifying. I think his name is Don <laughs> Witcherly. He was he's fantastic in this movie. Um, but yeah, that that was, I think, most of my general thoughts yes. before heading in. Okay. So it's Dublin. It's 1985. Yeah. Yeah. Ireland is going through some stuff. It's but difficult. I don't some know. Some would say they're going through. The Troubles.
2: (laughs) The Troubles. It's troubling. Scene (laughs) opens. Young boy playing on the guitar. Parents fighting in the background. It's kind of perfect. It's a
0: perfect setup. Like, you know exactly what this movie is going to be. This poor little dude is just trying to vibe. It does actually remind me this movie has not come out yet, but he is also in it. Coda, which will come out, has like a very similar like moment. And I'm like, oh my god, like, oh, that's cute that he's in both of them. But I'm I just gonna like, have to get Apple TV for that. Yeah, and for Schmegadune, <laughs> watch Schmegadune. Okay, starts in July. Everybody.
1: Okay, I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> everybody has to watch Schmegadune.
1: <laughs> Stop saying Island. it. Radio science. Stop saying Schmegadune.
0: <laughs> Please, everybody watch Schmegadune. I manifested it. <laughs> it means a lot to me.
2: Okay, so then the next yeah. scene. <laughs> A hot dad, Littlefinger, has a family sitting around. There's, you know, baby boy, middle girl, big boy, which is the exact graphic of of my family. I don't really. (laughs) Uh, And dad is explaining that their hours are getting cut, that they don't have work coming in. They don't have enough money. They have to send the youngest son to a free school, the Catholic school, not the nice school he's been going to, no. um, Sing Street, which is called Sing, Sing street, street. Name of the school, but it's spelled
0: S Y N G E.
2: Yes, and is a real place. A real place. It's real.
0: Which is wild. Imagine going uh, there. So then, being like, I
2: go to the titular Sing street. street. The titular.
0: I'd
2: be so proud. I know. Same. <laughs> it would become my whole identity. <laughs> it would become your whole. Identity. <laughs>
1: Much to the way that (laughs) Dune apparently is Skyscaper. I'm not
2: looking forward to digital eye when (laughs) Dune becomes her whole vibe. (laughs) I'm going to have to unfriend you for several months and not in like a social media way, like in a physical, we can't be friends for a while way. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, guys,
0: I have to ride so hard for Schmigadoon. I really do. Back to the plot. Back <laughs> to the plot. Back to back the
2: back plot. To- to back to, to the plot. Me. He shows up at his school and it's terrible. He's wearing brown shoes. He has to wear He's- black shoes. Yeah. Everyone I bullies feel so him. I so bad
0: for him. And here's the thing about like the principal and like all of these people who are just like, sucks to be you, don't wear shoes. Like you don't have anything to help these like poor children who like are Whoa. having money troubles at home who can't afford to buy new shoes. It just like it seems so terrible. The vibe very much seems to be you get
1: tough or you die. Like that's kind of the vibe at this school for sure. Um and like there's also something else I was going to say. Um oh another thing I I I just for me the like the band and musical stuff obviously just connected with me a lot more than necessarily the school stuff and then the family stuff. And I think it's, I have discovered why mm. it's not just because that stuff's good, but also I don't like it when boys bully other boys. Like I don't like bullying scenes in general boys, bullying boys in movies. I feel like it's always very violent. Yeah. There's always like yeah. this very upsetting undertone and especially in a movie like this, where it's very visceral and it's like,
0: yeah, it's dark. Oh no, like this is, this is very dark. dark and upsetting. That first scene in the bathroom is very dark.
1: -hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh no, I don't like this. No, no bullying, no bullying. But there is, I suddenly became Melania.
2: I was like, be best. (laughs) But there is one ray of light at the end of his school day, which is he sees a hot girl. What is her name? Lucy, Lucy's character. Rafina. Rafina. That's a weird name. Love that for her. He sees (laughs) Rafina on the steps and he befriends manager kid, being like, who is she? What's her deal? And, and I love that for him.
1: And, yeah. and he's, he's like, like I, I, have face blindness. I can't tell you who. that yeah. is.
0: <laughs>
2: and she's like a
0: manic pixie dream girl, sort of like. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, no. Like for she sure. definitely fits the vibe. Yeah. She fits the vibe. <laughs> she, she's, a, she could be in Five Hundred Days of Summer.
2: Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. mentally unwell and hot. And so mm-hmm. I love her. I relate. <laughs> and it's like my character, yeah. my people. <laughs> but he's
1: like yeah I'm in a band and you're a model so like you should be in my video and like you know obviously he's just trying to hit on her that's the whole thing yeah. obviously he doesn't have a freaking band he doesn't know anything about music no um, at
0: this point he just like vaguely knows what his brother has told him about like music videos I think.
1: he's seen Rio yeah. the music video for Rio by Duran Duran exactly
0: one time and was like yep yeah. I'm gonna he be in a like, band perfect <laughs> mix of music and visuals I'm in."
1: yeah and these things take on me for her very poorly it's and she's so like so embarrassing. Yes. This is absolutely. like the embarrassing
0: an moment. Bit. Like this is like you're, you're just like
2: Really? Yeah, you feel it. You feel it.
0: It's so yep. visceral. It's peak
1: awkward teenager. Yes. But
2: she is into it. She agrees that she'll be in the video and so he walks away, talks to producer Kid and is like, "We got to get a band together by Saturday." Yep. And producer Kid <laughs> just is like, "Yeah, I can help you do that." Yeah. He yeah, makes exactly. it happen. He makes it happen. He <laughs> takes them to Bunny Boy. Bunny Boy is the best he can play any instrument because his dad was in a cover band but his dad is currently yes. in prisoner rehab it's not quite clear but he got sent to somewhere what is the line the line is so dark i had to write it down uh where oh no 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 oh he got sent to somewhere so he'll stop beating or a place where they where they teach them to stop beating their wife and children and neighbors
1: oh my god that's yes. the line that's just like a throwing
2: line, throw line oh, in the middle dark. of a funny scene it's so dark but like these kids, oh these kids all those dark don't
0: lines. process any of their trauma no.
2: but like it, they're, all I can... they're throwaway lines they're so casually placed but they also feel like not like they feel so real and like actually carefully placed of like this is probably real people's real lives oh I mean like, yeah. also, it doesn't feel... like
0: I feel like that's how I discuss my trauma mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> all I can think about is this episode of Project Runway
1: where they were doing the american girl doll challenge so like they were they had to dress a child who had like who was assigned an american girl doll and they were like given all the backstories and whatever and they had to design an outfit that matched the doll's story and then look cute on the girl right and tim gunn went around to every single person and every single person was like my doll is blank and here's her backstory and i remember (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so finally went these dolls their stories he was like so horrified by how tragic they all were and that's
2: how i feel in this moment these, all these kids like, these dolls these poor children <laughs> but they they get him in the band and then they go and get the um they don't know anyone else who plays instruments but yeah. there is one black kid in the school and they decide he's yeah. got to be in the band and so they oh, go to nice. his house. And that's a whole another like very interesting like you see a little glimpse of his life that is fascinating that you're like I could spend yeah. a whole movie here. Um, yeah, and he joins the band. Yeah, uh-huh. and then they put the poster yeah. up and they get the two little the kids that look like they're eleven who play they literally bass and so drums <laughs> so tiny, and they're sweetie pie angel butts and I love them and they're like my favorite is like, <laughs> they're like looking at the posters for the thing and they're like this is us this is for us this is this is our moment to shine. And some bully comes up to like, try to be mean to them. And they're just like, no, they just like shut the bully down. <laughs> like they're just like, so in there, I love them. They're so powerful. Yeah, they They've, have-
1: they, they are hardened by this life. Okay, yeah. like, <laughs> also I I love the moment when um, Eamon is talking to him. About you know like do you like this band like do you like Depeche Mode do you like Joy Division and he's like uh, I am like just sort of like whatever and then it's like when he gets to Duran Duran he like goes on that whole spiel that like his brother said before that he remembered you know and then also when he's like asking him about like um, like oh he's like playing every instrument and then he's like what do you play like <laughs> it's,
2: it's great the best moment. montage. Like that, yes, it's funny. It. This movie is funny. Like that montage, yes. takes me off every time. Like it hits.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's so cute. <laughs> I love it so much. And I yeah, feel like it's yes. like very much like younger sibling always will like copy their older sibling,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Like it, well, it's not it's- like learning to be cool. Like originally, yeah. you're just yes. repeating the things you heard other cool people say until you actually know what they mean. And it's exactly. very much he's just repeating what what he his older brother who he thinks is cool what he had said about this and it works trying
1: to have cred yeah Yeah. because it's like Eamon is cool to him because he knows everything about music he has all these instruments he can play so it's like oh I like I can't let him know that this is like a bit right yeah
2: Yeah. so then they get together they start practicing they record a little Mm -hmm. demo of a cover and the older brother just like rips them to (laughs) shreds he's mm -hmm. like write an original
0: song yeah he's like nobody cares about cover bands like you need to be original or it doesn't count i mean he's not he's not not wrong wrong.
2: sometimes you just need some tough love
0: and this inspires him so here we
2: are and he writes a cover song that is objectively bad but also objectively good yeah not, i mean not a cover song an original song that is yes. the riddle of the model they go she shows up they shoot the video she does all their makeup oh my god yes <laughs> and their costumes it <laughs> i
1: wrote yeah. why is every child in his band dressed like harry
0: styles
2: <laughs> they're the template they're think, the do you template. think that
0: harry styles has seen sing street and he says yes. They have would, style. Oh, sure. Yeah, this absolutely. It, this is me. This is
2: for me. I also yeah. love- And then
0: <laughs>
1: I love it. you that get the s- line. You get the line where he goes, so it's a gay band. And then <laughs> someone replies, coming from the one that looks like the village people, the kid dressed like a can yeah. And then he goes, what's gay about the village people?
2: <laughs> it's so good. Like, Iconic. Iconic to me. No. And the line that I love from that is when she's doing the makeup and they're like talking through the shot and she's like- should i put little lightning bolts on my eyelids and he's like you can do that and she's like very confidently he's like i can do anything and (laughs) you're just like i'm just that moment And you believe her you believe her her. and it looks like trash
0: that's her thing you can see it in like one of the shots
2: and it looks terrible like she can do anything
0: (laughs) it's so funny to me
1: i love it the actual footage of the music video is so great because it like not only embodies the like because it has to both embody like an 80s sort of aesthetic, but it also has to be like amateur teenage shit and also like music video. And mm-hmm. it reminds me so much of um, Journey Separate Ways music video, which if you haven't seen I it, know. you have to look it up right now or not, not the people in the recording right now, but people <laughs> listening, you need to look it up because it is one of the worst music videos ever made. It's so bad. It's like, it has its own whole section on the Wikipedia page that is multiple paragraphs long. And basically they were all arguing. Steve Perry had a girlfriend who was like making everybody mad and like pissing people off. And, and they were all fighting with each other and the concept just wasn't working. It was a whole thing. It's it's terrible. But basically the, the what that music video is, is like, they're in like a shipyard and like, they're walking around following this woman kind of, but then like they're playing air instruments. Oh, okay. doesn't make
0: any sense. Can't, Can't very wait to strange. view it after this recording. Yeah, same. I just found the it's Wikipedia great. page and the music video section is very long.
1: Very long. It's great. It's worth your time. You'll enjoy it. I promise Nine you. Nine paragraphs about
0: this music yeah. video.
1: I could do a whole oral history. I love it. It's incredible watch it immediately I will. but yeah it like it embodies that kind of a vibe but like even more homemade and like yes
2: <laughs> so they do the video they show it to the older brother and he's like kind of encouraging it's very cute yes it's very cute and he's like you got to like keep the girl that. the girl's great and yes
0: he knows what sells yeah you need you need a girl
2: yeah, And then it, like, sends them on their journey where they're, like, they do what? Like, three videos, basically? Like, they're writing music. Yes. The girl and the guy are kind of falling in love. She has her older boyfriend who's trouble, you can tell. Yep. And that's kind of the middle of the movie. Yes. Yeah, anything. pretty much.
1: No, I would say, you know, then you, obviously, we already talked about, like, the incident with um, Brother Baxter, yep. where he, like, is forced to remove his makeup. Um, Rafina does start calling him Cosmo. Oh, which I hate. <laughs> Which I hate that because all I can think about is either Fairly Odd Parents or Kramer from Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. and like, yeah, no, I think that's like the majority of the middle of the movie. Yeah. I'm sure the parents fight in there. Somewhere yeah, the parents well. yeah.
0: are always all um, of the parents are just having some moments.
1: Arguments. Also the bully, the the one bully who like behaves horrifically in the very in, like in the beginning portion of the movie um towards connor he's like walking by while they're filming the music video with his parents and his, his or his father and his father finds it kind of funny like and is kind of amused by it and he like makes a comment about it and his father basically like smacks him upside his head right and then it becomes which this is the only thing of this movie i really don't like i don't like the whole like the bully is like being bullied at home being abused I, I like, hate so that's that why trope, they're a bully hurt yeah.
2: people hurt
1: people and i don't I yeah. Yes. And I don't like the end because of that. Like, I don't like that part of the ending because of it. He like, gets a redemption. That work. idea. Yeah. He gets a redemption. He like likes the band. He's cool. I'm like, I can't know. Like in theory, that could be fine. But the problem is that the abuse that he doled out towards Connor is so horrific yeah. that it's like, and the fact that he does it to multiple people, as we're told by one of the characters like he's irredeemable to me. Like th- that's not someone I can ever root for. It'd be different if it was like kind of minor, like maybe he took something from him or maybe shoved him into a locker one time, right? But no, like horrific, like realistic abuse is not something that I can like be cool with suddenly by the end. That was the only real misfire for me, I think. Although
2: yeah. I will say when he throws the guy off the stage, I was like, good for you, son. Yeah. <laughs> I may be the redemption arc a little bit. Well, I think,
1: and see, something like that could be, you know, is is great and it's funny, but it's like, I wish that this character was slightly less horrific so I could enjoy that moment more, you know?
2: Or like a little bit, it took a little more to redeem him. Like it happens very quickly. Yeah, because then-
1: Like some real penance needs to be paid here. Like,
2: come on. Yeah, because then at one point, I guess kind of the next big plot scene is Connor is shooting Mm -hmm. a music video. They're doing another one and the girl is supposed to show up and she doesn't show up. Um, and then they, he finds out that she left with her older guy to London right. and that he, you know this older guy had promised, you know I have tickets for us, I have a place set up for us we're gonna go. And so she goes with him and Connor's obviously heartbroken and like, it's kind of a bad situation. And then um, he spots her a couple days later and it turns out the guy had lied to her also had beat her up a bit, like so traumatizing.
1: Yeah, and well, that's, that's where awful. like
2: he's also preparing to be they're also preparing for like their big moment which is they're going to do the school dance they're going to be the band at the yeah. school dance and so it's kind of like cultivating into like okay the girl is back but their relationship is tenuous the band is together but like the relationship with the school is tenuous the yeah. parents like everything is kind of culminate, like is bubbling up the parents are getting divorced they've announced that um and it like leads up to a scene where he's talking with his brother and his brother just like blows up at him and is like, you think the parents are going to show up? Like when have they ever showed up? They don't even know. They don't care about you at all. Like no, it's, it's just so this sad. very real conversation. And, and for me, that's what makes the ending more realistic and not fanciful. Because a little bit of me, is like, mm-hmm. yeah, OK, he's like they're moving out of their home. He doesn't re- like he's got a split time with his parents in two different apartments. Neither of his parents care or know what's going on with him. School yes. is hell for him. Like he's really really
0: going through it. He's really going going through
2: through it. it. And then, you know, at the end he gives a great concert performance they blast through a couple songs and normally like you're gonna perform three songs in a row on a movie i'm not paying attention yeah no i am this movie has
0: like kind of like the opposite of what we've talked about like in like the third act of like movie musicals like there are like no songs usually and this like loads them up in the third act and i eat it up yeah
1: they're yeah no 100 percent yeah and um it's also now that I think about it also the ending makes sense for like a teenager's perspective of like they play one really successful gig mm-hmm. and then he's like I'm gonna make yeah. it and then he like runs away right that's very much the thing and I also think like and like Rafina is just always very overconfident even though it is like very much a mask for her you know and and her seeing how successful he is I could see that like inspiring her as well and being like okay we'll make it together." Like you know, seeing him achieve his dream. I could also achieve my dream. Let's do it. Like we're two crazy kids, you know, The
2: after show adrenaline, you know, yeah. so like yeah. after the it's show, also very,
0: it's very graduate as yeah, well. Very. I think it. It's kind of that moment. It is, <laughs> it is like getting on the bus, but they're getting on the boat.
1: Yeah. And the, the only difference is you don't cut to the two of them looking sort of confused yeah. or Blank, you know, it's not this moment of what now, it's yeah, because this, this is of like, like more
2: fantastical than the
1: graduate yeah. is mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, yeah,
2: because like after the show, they go back to Connor's house, they wake up his brother. His brother's like, Hell yeah, I'll help you get out of here. They drive him to the dock, he gets on this little boat that's been set up in uh, the middle part, that there is a yeah. little boat that he couldn't have access to. And they start going and yeah. they f- get in the wake of that big boat and then it zooms in on Connor's face and he's smiling, having a good time. That's and then it really just like cute. goes to like determination. Like it ends with him yeah. with like a look of determination that like makes me believe like this kid's going to do it. Like he's going to get out of his shitty situation. He's going to end up having like a beautiful, good life. And it may- I that's maybe why this movie is such a comfort movie for me is that to yeah. me, it ends with like this look of like a kid who's going to figure it out. Yeah, I agree
1: yeah no and it you know whether or not they sort of do make it or don't it doesn't matter because in that moment it's the right thing it's the thing that they want more than anything it's like a natural sort of you know culmination in like everything that they've been working towards in this movie you know um in terms of like chasing your dreams finding yourself things like that yeah um yeah no also I do think it's worth mentioning that when they were performing their final song, which was called Brown Shoes, of course, is a fuck you to Brother Baxter. Yes. Um, he says a great line, which is, it's for every Christian brother and bully you ever knew. You know
2: what? I kind of And then they all
1: put on Brother Baxter masks and they're like, fuck you, dude. Yeah.
2: Good. It's good. It's good. A lot of these songs have, like, beautiful, interesting lines in them. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, there's yeah. the one where it, like, opens with, like, I've become a human piece of art mm-hmm. and he's like in his like fashion green coat and yes. so confident on stage. <laughs> and I just think, yes, you did. You did. And they <laughs> they
0: kept all of the songs for the Broadway show and they only added yes. three. Like that's like, correct. Kind of like very interesting for like a an adaptation. And
1: I think they can get away yeah, with that for sure. for sure. You know, you could maybe cut one or two songs yeah. just for like time, you know, um, yeah. brevity. Yeah. But like not necessarily, like you don't necessarily need to. Whereas other musicals, I'm like, you could have cut this yeah. shit out. Share, listen, share, I love you, but singing while you're sitting on a chair, I don't know. We're, we're dragging it. this shit out. I just, I just want to get to air rights, you know? <laughs> air rights.
0: <laughs> oh oh my iconic. God.
1: It just, yeah, no, this movie is fun. I like it. I think after talking about it more, I like it more than I yeah. initially did.
2: I'm um, very persuasive it, with my love for this film. Yes. yes. You are very she, She's a very
0: persuasive it- person in general. And I feel like this is like the type of movie, like I've seen this movie like many times now. And I feel like it like grows on me each time because it just like feels like such like a little warm hug, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, totally. But there's like stuff to um, it. Like every time I rewatch it, I find another little moment yes. or another little throwaway line or another little like layer somewhere. Like it's so thoughtfully made. And maybe like that's part of like the Sundance tweeness of it. Yes. But to mm-hmm. me, like it it like it is thoughtful, which I, I yeah. really like. I
1: and I think John Carney also has just figured out his his recipe oh, for he success knows. Is yeah, it's like
0: sure. how I was talking about like Rob Marshall, like knows how to make a movie musical. Like, so does John Carney. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He has it risky. Yeah, like, does he have
2: even anything with, else like, coming?
0: Um, I looked on when on um, his IMDB, there's something in pre-production, but it literally like says nothing. You can't, yeah.
1: yeah. You can't really look into it. Yeah. And even like with Begin Again, where it's like maybe not the strongest movie in the world, but it's still like there's something enjoyable in there. There's still something to like, you know, the music is decent. Like you can, you can find something enjoyable. And I think also just in general, his passion for music really comes through. Yes, in you all can tell that he, he like makes, truly both in terms, cares. yeah. Yeah. Both in terms of like the craftsmanship of the music itself, because there's so many movies where it's like, this music just feels like it was written. In you know, one like, day. Like, especially written in one day, or it's like a situation where, they're, they're trying to do like the Josie and the Pussycats thing. They're trying to do the Sing Street thing of like, we're writing music for like, what would be a real band? And it's like, no, especially pop music, like movies don't get pop music right very often because it's often like they have a disrespect or a disdain for it. Whereas a movie like this, it's like, there's so much passion and love for music of the eighties because it's the soundtrack that he clearly like grew up with and means a lot to him. And not only that, I mean, any stuff with eighties music, like. It's really great. And it's, it's got, you know, really great influences, um, or not influences, but like the way that it influences other music is always really interesting. Um, because even though it's like eighties music can be very dated and have like very specific sort of like sounds and, and, and things sonically that just like are very specific to the era, you can always update them or, or infuse them into, music being made now and it can sound interesting and fresh and exciting um and invoke a sense of nostalgia
0: you yeah. know 100% and that's why the soundtrack fucking slaps it's true so great. I love it so much. I just love this movie. Yes.
2: I just can't wait to see it on stage someday. Yes. I want to be there and maybe it won't be good, but I won't even care. I'll just yeah. be
0: happy. And I, I just feel like this is like a good movie to end this miniseries on. Cause it just like, I love ending on a good note. That's just like, you know, mm. it leaves you a little hopeful. It's what movie musicals are all about.
2: Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah they're, It's a crowd pleaser. Like if I'm in a group of people. And we're like oh we all have to watch a movie and it's like 10 people who have like really different taste. this one's a great one to put on yeah like it mm-hmm. it is really just a crowd of pleasing happy movie glad we you got to end your musical series on it yes
1: yeah there's something very comforting you know because even if it can be cliche at times there's there's always something comforting about a thing that you know how it works yes. how it functions in a movie it's like okay you don't have to like there's no mystery yeah. here. i don't have to do a lot of guessing it's, it's
0: like, just like oh okay i love three-act structure i love give me a Chekhov's gun i don't care i just like i like it, you know <laughs> what about a, what about a 3d printer i'll take the fucking 3d printer thank you shelby <laughs> the fucking 3d I'll printer take it. just said it's too i'll fucking take it <laughs> um do we have anything to say about this movie besides i don't think so i think we covered it pretty pretty
1: good um oh i like jack rayner's wig that's about it Mm. yes yeah a good wig you know especially for like like a like a a man in a wig because oftentimes i feel like the wigs that they slap on men in movies it's like You know, it's just like you get what you get, especially long haired wigs, long haired wigs on men. I feel like they just they don't do any consideration as to how it translates on their like in combination with their facial features. You know, it's oftentimes with men, they just slap a wig on them and call it a day. And yeah, they do the same thing with women. But I feel like with men, when they get a bad wig, it's like even more noticeable and really bad whereas because it doesn't happen as often whereas with women it's like a constant like look at that crunchy wig
2: line
0: you know it's really true yeah
2: yeah I love ending on that
0: <laughs> wig, talk. wig talk um watch Street if you haven't it's delightful Rewatch it you might even like it more don't watch it on
1: Pluto TV or IMDb TV though. Yeah. Too many ads. That. Too many ads.
2: It's just twelve dollars to buy on Amazon. Just, and stay, I would say, yeah. worth twelve dollars.
1: Yeah. It'll come to Netflix at some point. I'm sure. I'm sure.
2: It does. It's hopped around the streamers. It's a yeah. Times.
1: So don't watch it on Pluto TV. Don't watch it on IMDb. TV. It's just not worth it. it. And their ads cut in at the worst times. They're like really... minding your business. Something traumatic's happening. Like someone's getting their head. You know, taught like push into a sink full of water and it's like oh hey have you heard about good (laughs) rx
0: like excuse me um yeah i just it's really it's just a cute movie and i love it so much um here we are um and for this week's what the plot shelby is gonna guess heaven's gate a movie i've never seen yeah
1: a movie i also haven't seen um the only thing i know about it is that obviously it was a gigantic disaster um also willem defoe has a very small part in it or may have been cut out i can't remember which but i think well actually no regardless he had a small part it way, says uncredited so he might have been cut out i don't know i was going through a willem defoe moment like last year it's fine.
2: um <laughs> it's among us <laughs> Yeah, we've all been there.
0: Who are the leads of this movie? Really um, quick. I just am curious. Christopher Walken and Chris Christopherson. Yes. Okay. Well, who's the woman? Isabel There's definitely a lead woman in there.
1: Wow. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Like, I, I know very vague details, but I couldn't tell you a damn thing. Um. Okay. So Heaven's Gate. Definitely like a big sweeping, like not a Western, but like in that kind of area for sure like that's what i i vaguely know about it um i would say so heaven's gate heaven's gate seems like it would be something about a place so maybe although heaven's gate is also a cult not related but
0: unreal unrelated to the
1: cult. okay so christopher and chris christopherson um you know they are both pioneers cowboys something in that sort of region and they're going west because why not you know they're like paw from little house on the prairie
2: manifest destiny baby
1: yeah like not good stuff like a lot of colonialism happening um settler colonialism etc etc they're they're going west um Definitely not great. Um, they're probably getting into conflicts with native peoples and being very horrible to them and violent to them. That seems like it would be right. Um, maybe it's after like no, I'm not gonna say that because I don't know history. I'm not gonna say I'm
0: not gonna say it's after a war or something because I don't know history, but were you thinking like the war of 1812?
1: No, I was like closer like civil war. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> but that doesn't seem right at all so I'm not gonna say it <laughs> but so they're going west um and Isabel Huppert maybe is I don't know Chris Christopherson's wife okay and Christopher Walken he always plays like a bad guy or like a weird guy so I'm gonna assume that he is like he he's his brother they get into an argument at some point over the woman and maybe christopher walken like hurts chris christopherson or something in a conflict in a fight um and of course isabelle Huppert is disgusted by this maybe he like tries to like make a move on her maybe he runs away with her i don't know this is kind of meandering much like heaven's gate but because <laughs> it's very like east of, of eating yeah yeah very that yeah <laughs> didn't even think of that yeah no i was kind of going cain and abel a little bit for sure sort of unintentionally um there's a lot of people around them They're, you know, where they've settled and there's more conflict. There's more stuff like that. And then like, I don't know, maybe a fire breaks out, burns all the crops, burns down some, some houses. Um, they have to shoot at people. Like there's like interlopers that come along, um, that they like get into an argument with. There's a lot of conflict in this movie as you could tell, Yeah. but also Chris Christopherson and Isabel Huppert's romance, um, prevails and survives but then like maybe he maybe he or she um ends up with like consumption Mm. you know and and they show you this because they have one of them cough into a tissue or like the equivalent of a tissue during this time and there's blood on it and then they you know they do the classic like of looking down at it and then clenching their fist and holding it to their chest and like looking away like like oh no you know like oh i'm sick I'm going to die by the end of this movie. Um, and then one of them dies very tragic. Um, they have kids or something. I don't know. Like, that's just kind of the vibe I'm getting. This is probably absolutely incorrect. Um, but I, I I think it would be hard to describe a plot for a movie like this because of how long it is and how it's like this big historical epic. Um, So that's kind of, that's where I'm at.
2: Can I give you my quick take since I'd never heard of Heaven's Gate as a film? Yeah, yes, sure. As you were prepping and you said Heaven's Gate, I said, "Mm, if I had to guess a plot, I would say this is a movie. This is a Christian movie. This is a Midwest (laughs) Christian movie about how a guy dies and he's met at Heaven's Gate by his dog (laughs) who talks. Jesus Christ, okay. And they go on a religious journey. And it ends with him returning to earth to write a song.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, also could I add really quick (laughs) in heaven's gate because somebody told them to go there. Somebody was told by God. I think there, there would be an element of that. Like someone, you know, there was, they were told by God to go West and to find, I don't know, gold, wheat, soy. I don't fucking know oil, whatever they got over there. And like, they go for it, but actually the land is barren, much like East of Eden kind of a thing. Um, and that also creates further conflict and there is fight over scarcity.
0: Um, I love that. So uh, John Hurt and Chris Christofferson are Harvard graduates. That's where it starts off. And then 20 years later, what? they're going to Jackson County, Wyoming. They're, they're out in Casper. Um, because, uh, uh, Chris Christofferson going to be the marshal there. And then, um, I guess there's like some, you know, settlers and like cattle barons. Right. Um, obviously Christopher Walken kills a settler because he's like, this person stole my cow, blah, 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 blah. Um, so he does hurt somebody. Yeah. And then, um, Sam Waterston, um, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, too. He, <laughs> they're all in this movie. He says, "I'm gonna kill 125 people," and everyone's like, "Yikes, maybe don't do that." Um, Isabella Huppert plays um, like a she runs a brothel. It looks like, and she that makes sense. She that makes a lot more sense. Than stolen cattle as payment for use of her sex workers. Um, Good for her. Yeah, and. <laughs> basically it just like looks like you know um the there's a big fight at this place called heaven's gate and there's a counterattack, and um you know they reluctantly join the settlers and you know fight against christopher walken and then they go to rhode island okay i you know mine was so
1: vague that it almost was kind of in terms of there being a lot of fighting (laughs) We
0: got pretty close and christopher walking being a bad guy it takes place in like 1890 and then in 1903 at the end like it like jumps a decade later
2: but like emotionally it was kind of similar to mine right
0: yeah for sure (laughs) definitely yeah I really,
1: you know, the Christopher Walken thing was an easy call though, because he's, he's always, always playing It's an easy call. Weirdos and evil guys. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's ever not. I mean, Chris, you gotta tell us what happened on that boat, boy. You know. <laughs> Oof. Like he's a real life villain for that one he's a, for not telling He's a real us life so villain. For that. I don't care if you're if you're tap dancing around a little fat boy slim video or in hairspray dancing with John Travolta, like. No, I will never forget. We won't forget what you know and what you refuse to tell us. Thank you very much. That's so true.
0: Um, Nicole, would you like to plug anything?
2: Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I, <haven't
0: figured. laughs> I'm
2: um, I Your
1: dog Geo. Yes. That's about
2: it. <laughs> I would like to plug Geo. He's available for anyone's podcast. If you would like him to interrupt you while you talk <laughs> and occasionally bring you toys that he wants to play with, he is available. Talk to his agent. I'm his A. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: is busy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but he's really busy. So,
0: he's so like, I'm uh, he no, is he's booked busy. Gio is booked and busy. Impossible to get in. I, yeah. I have his schedule He is. I tried to make him a TikTok star w- way back when, in like mm-hmm, Two April 2019. Ago. I really tried hard to make Gio a TikTok star.
2: <laughs> he should it should have yeah. hit and I'm still upset it didn't hit. Same.
0: Same, same, same.
1: But no, it's okay now. He's offer only now. He's offer only Yeah. So yeah.
0: um we, offer only. We made it off the podcast. Yeah. And as as yeah. far as our podcast goes, you can find us on social media at on Twitter at blessed pick and on Instagram at blessed.picture. Um rate review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You know, um, we're available anywhere. You get your podcast, podcast overcast, Spotify, all those good things. Tell your friends, tell your school bullies. Tell your friends with bunnies. <laughs> this one is tell
2: specifically. The Bunnies themselves. Yeah. yeah. This one's specifically for your friends with bunnies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, don't tell Anya from uh, Buffy. That's a real deep cut from the early 2000s. <laughs> God. And um, if you also
1: cannot distinguish who Lucy Boynton is, I see you, I hear you. You're not alone. I recognize your struggle. Yes, you are not alone. And
0: there are thousands of us out there. I'm sure of it. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.